This is Captain John Tadrzak of Misfits Audio. If you like this type of audio that you're about to hear, please go to our Facebook, Misfits, a space, audio, and let us know. Also, please like us there so we can add you to our many fans. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Misfits Audio Productions presents Restored Old Time Radio. We claim no rights to it. This is released free for entertainment purposes only to restore interest in the golden days of radio. Thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for intro music. Remember to visit MisfitsAudio.com. Kellogg's Pep, the build-up wheat cereal, invites you to... Rocket into the future with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Stand by to raise ship. Blast off minus five, four, three, two, one, zero. As roaring rockets blast off to distant planets and far-flung stars... We take you to the age of the conquest of space with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Four previous expeditions have gone hurtling through space to distant Delport, a planet outside our solar system, and have never been heard from again. Now the Polaris has landed on the planet's surface, but almost immediately its space cadet crew finds itself marooned there by a Nova explosion. Setting up camp in a veritable tropical paradise, they are about to make repairs on their ship when Tom Corbett discovers signs of habitation, and at once the space cadets set out to investigate. Close up, men. Stay together. We must be getting pretty close to the colony now, Captain Strong. Yes, Corbett. It should be just over that next rise. I'm keeping my parallel ray handy, Captain. All right, Manning. But remember, men, no matter what we find, you're not to fire unless I give the order. Is that clear? Aye, sir. Right. Hold up a minute, Captain. What is it? I thought I caught a glint of metal through the brush over there. I see it too, sir. About five yards to my left. Shall I investigate? Go ahead, Manning. We'll cover you. Take it easy, Roger. Jumping jets, look what I found. What is it, Manning? Come on, then. How do you like this? It's a wreck of a spaceship. It's one of ours. You can tell that at a glance. Well, there's the answer, Captain Strong. This is the wreck of one of the earlier expeditions. Sure, and those huts we saw must belong to the survivors. You're quite right, gentlemen. Quite right on both counts. Jumping Jupiter, where'd he come from? Watch it, Roger. Keep that gun down. By the rings of Saturn, sir, you must be... Captain Yates of the Cygnus. Ah, yes. Well, that was Expedition 1. I think I know you, too, sir. Aren't you uh, Captain Strong of the Solar Guard? <laughs> That's right. I'm mighty glad we found you, Captain Yates. You've been given up for lost, you know. Naturally, it's been such a long time, dear me. Well, now that you're here, let me welcome you to my planet, gentlemen. Thank you. By all the suns, you don't know how good it is to see someone from Earth again. We almost overlooked your valley, Captain. If we hadn't been flying low, we would have missed it. Well, I'm certainly glad you didn't. Not that we have much hospitality to offer here, but if you'll come along to the village, we'll try to give you a royal welcome. Now that you've met the surviving members of my crew, I would like to present my daughter, Arlene. Welcome to our colony, gentlemen. 
No grass skirt, but she'll do. What did you say, Cadet Money? Uh, uh, nothing, sir. I just said I was glad to meet your daughter. Why, thank you, Cadet. And I'm sorry about the skirt. Had I known you were coming, I'd have made the necessary arrangements. Oh, look, I didn't mean it. Well, you weren't supposed to hear what I said. Uh-oh, Roger's done it again. Uh, don't mind Cadet Manning, Miss Arlene. He means well. Of course I don't mind. After all, when a rescue expedition comes after all these years, we're very grateful to the men in it. Ah, yes, quite so, quite so. Though I must confess, Captain, I'm a little surprised they waited so long to send you. Why, sir, a relief expedition was sent out almost immediately. Didn't it ever turn up? Not to our knowledge, Corbett. All told, sir, there were three others before us. Three others? Think of that, Arlene. And all lost before they reached here. Captain Yates, I've been wanting to ask you, why didn't you try to radio for help? I only wish we could have, but our communications man was killed when we crash-landed and our electronic equipment damaged beyond repair. From the looks of that wreck, it's a miracle any of you survived. Oh, purely a matter of luck, Captain. Tell me, have you been able to maintain audio contact with the advanced base? No. Since that Nova explosion occurred in space, we've been cut off completely. You mean communication is impossible for the time being? Well, there's been a radiation barrier, but as soon as uh, as soon as we make repairs, we'll try to raise the base again. Your audio transmitter was uh, damaged? Mm, by that tidal wave. Our ship suffered some minor damage, too. Ah, it's a terrible thing, those tidal waves. Terrible. One of Delport's most unpleasant characteristics. Captain Yates, you may be able to help us. Well, anything I can, Carver, of course, certainly. Well, were there any transmitter parts left in the wreck of your ship? If I could salvage what I need instead of having to rebuild... Well, you're welcome to anything you can find, Cadet. Hmm. Why not investigate the wreck on the way back to your own ship? Well, thanks, Captain. We'll do that. And then, as soon as you've made the repairs, return here. We, we'd like to have a little feast and celebration, a, a small collation. <laughs> Sounds great, Captain Yates. As soon as we get the good news through to advance base. Back home, they'll be mighty glad to know we found you, sir. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, you don't know how true that is, Cadet. How very true indeed. Found any good pipes in this mess, Tom? Yes, look at this. What is it? Looks like a simple check valve to me. Hey, it's a check valve, all right, but not a simple one. What do you mean? See for yourself, sir. This is the new, improved type that was put into production last fall. Are you certain of that? I'm positive, sir. The very first batch of these was installed on the Sirius. The ship that made the fourth expedition. Yes, sir. Wait a minute, Junior. Are you trying to tell us this wrecked ship is the Sirius? You're jet happy. This is Yates' ship. It can't be, Tom. Yates has old-type valves. These new babies haven't been developed yet. Yeah, but why should Yates lie to us? He said none of the rescue expeditions ever arrived here. Just the same. Well, I still say the way they... One minute. Sorry, sir. I still don't see what this is all about, but it's clear that Yates has lied to us. It certainly is. Now, he may have some perfectly good reason, but until we find out what that reason is, we've got to proceed on the basis that this expedition, and every one of us personally, is in deadly danger. The crew of the Polaris has found foolproof evidence that Captain Yates lied to them regarding the fate of the previous rescue missions to the planet Delport. And now they realize they stand in deadly danger. They would be even more convinced of this grim fact were they able to eavesdrop on a conversation taking place at the nearby village between Captain Yates and his beautiful daughter, Arlene. Perhaps if we ask them, Father, just ask them to join our colony here and forget about the universe outside. I tell you, it would be futile, Arlene. Just as it's been futile with most of those other stupid, stubborn solar guardsmen. But three of them are just cadets. No, no, they'll follow strong, you know that. I'm not so sure. The way one of them looked at me, he might be persuaded. I'm sure of that, my child, given time. But we have no time. 
They must be prevented from notifying their base that they found us. Of course, but... Oh, please, no more killing. Arlene, not that word. You know how I detest the very thought. You may detest it, but you'd still do it. Only if I must. But you do appreciate, dear child, there. There's no turning back. Are you sure it wouldn't be better to just give up, Father? Admit everything. Show how this strange now, now, planet... Now, don't get panicky. I handled those other rescue expeditions, and I'll handle this one. Hear me, I will. just keep sending ships, Father, and sooner or later... Oh, I think not. After five lost ships, public opinion will be aroused, Arlene. There'll be much opposition to a sixth futile try. <laughs> and the authorities will bow to public clamor. I hope you're right, Father. I know how you feel about this place. Do you really, my child? When I set eyes on this valley, after 50 years as a spaceman, I knew I'd found paradise at last. That's why we must not let anyone rob us of it, dear child. Not not anyone. No one at all. Oh, all right. All right, uh, Father. What about the Polaris transmitter? If they have a chance to repair oh, it... Oh, yes. That must be prevented. Lengths I've gone to to protect this place, uh, that might be misunderstood. I might be called a murderer, put on trial, even executed. Oh, no, I, I couldn't bear then that. help me, child, help me. You know I'll do anything, provided you promise you'll give the Polaris crew a chance to make their own choice. Ah. Very well, I will. Now, go and divert their attention while I do my work on the Polaris. How much time will you need? Fifteen minutes, only fifteen minutes. And then I guarantee that no one in all the universe will ever hear from them again. Father, oh, I'm glad I found you. Arlene, what are you doing here? I cut through the jungle to warn you. I delayed them as long as I could, but they're on their way here. All right, all right. I've already wired up the rocket mechanism, and I'll be through here in a minute. What about the communicator? It's all set. I smashed the power tube completely, my child. Suppose they have a spare. They did? <laughs> That's here in my pocket. Father, when they discover they can't repair the radio, won't they decide to blast off? Oh, I've taken care of that. The Polaris isn't going anywhere. If they try to raise ship, they'll be in for a surprise. Such a surprise. You wouldn't kill them. Oh, you promised... Look out the port. They're coming. Quick, through the emergency escape hatch. There's not a moment to lose. How's it coming, Corbett? All right, sir. These parts fit perfectly. I'll just check the circuit. And, and then we talk with civilization again. You said it, Astro. Hey, what in the universe? Oh, what's the trouble? This power tube is smashed. Hey, it must have happened in the tidal wave. No, I checked the tubes when we took damage inventory. Well, we've got a spare, haven't we? Yes, sir, in the parts locker. I'll get it, Tom. Suffer and second. Now what? That spare's gone. Impossible. Are you sure, Astro? Positive. Well, I don't get it. How in blazes could you be so stupid? Well, we could jury rig anything except the tube. There's no way to fix that. No way except... Hey, wait a minute. I've got an idea. Go ahead. Let's hear it. All we do, sir, is blast off and get up above atmosphere. Space is a more perfect vacuum than you can find in the best tubes. Tom, you're right. Once in space, I'll get out on the hull and rig up a metal cover for the tube, which should give us a perfectly good vacuum tube. It sounds good. Will it work, Captain Strong? It ought to. Theori theoretically, there's nothing wrong with it. Well, then let's try it, sir. Right. All hands to your stations. Prepare to raise ship in five minutes. Energize the cooling pumps. Pumps in operation, sir. 
Feed reactant. Reactant feeding at D9 rate, sir. Switch in takeoff gyros. Gyros on, sir. Good. Blast off minus five seconds. Four, three, two, one, zero! Sir, that explosion came from below. Astro. Astro. Come in, Astro. He doesn't answer, sir. No wonder. That blast was big enough to blow the power deck and anyone on it into space dust. I'm all right now, sir. Just shaking up a little. What happened down here, Astro? I don't know, sir. I threw the switch for the rocket firing mechanism... There was a blinding flash of light and then the explosion. And there's only one possible explanation for all this, and that's sabotage. Captain Yates, sir? Yates are one of his men. A deliberate attempt to keep us from blasting off. I can't believe it. Boys, it's time we called a council of war. We're in desperate straits now, and the odds are against us. They are enormous. You're so right, gentlemen. Jumping jets. It's Yates. Don't move, any of you. These blasters are very efficient. Although I'd be very reluctant to use it, I will if I must. Truly, I will. He's back toward the emergency hatch, Roger. Okay. That would be most unwise, Manning. You'd only meet some of my men on the other side. Your ship is surrounded. You have no choice but to surrender. And what do you plan to do to us, Captain Yates? Well, that's entirely up to you, sir. To be perfectly frank, though, I'm very pessimistic. Very What about, Captain? Why, that you'll be any more intelligent in your choice than so many of your solar guard friends. Stupid fellows, really stupid. And what is our choice, Yates? So simple, really simple. You acknowledge me as your leader. You live in this paradise as my faithful followers. And give up all outside ties. Suppose we refuse. Ah, then you must suffer the consequences. And I do mean suffer, young man. Indeed, I do. Well, I'll say right now. Ah, Not too hasty. You'll have time to ponder all this. You must be insane. You can't just set up a separate kingdom and keep out the whole universe. To date, we've managed quite well, Captain. True, we've had to destroy some ignorant people who couldn't appreciate our kind offer, but... (laughs) Then the price of peace is always high. My crew and I were sent here under orders, Yates. And we'll carry them out. Or die in the attempt. As you wish, Captain. You'll find this valley a very pleasant place to die. The crew of the Polaris has been imprisoned in a cave. A cave cut into a hillside near Yates' village. Working in complete darkness, the cadets have examined it carefully, going over it inch by inch with their fingertips. But they have found nothing to give them any hope of escape. Straining their eyes in the pitch-black gloom, they wait and wonder what is to happen next. Why didn't Yates kill us? Why should he bring us here? I overheard him tell his men something, Captain. Seems he promised his daughter to give us every chance to change our minds. How long does that mean? Until we rot? Unless we can find a way out, fat chance of that. They've got a magnetite door and an energy lock on the mouth of this cave. Plus a man on guard outside. If we only had a little light. Quiet, everyone. Listen. What in the universe is that? The sound's coming from beyond the left wall, sir. I can hear it a lot plainer now with my ear against the wall. Viola, cosmic... Somebody's digging in there. Captain Strong, could it be another prisoner? It's hard to say, Manning. This hill is riddled with limestone caves. 
I noticed that when they brought us here. Then it could be another prisoner. Let's start digging toward him from this side. With what? With anything, Manning, including your hands. Get busy. Almost ready to break through, sir. All right, Tom. You keep on digging. We'll stand on either side and be ready for anything. There goes the last of it. Watch it now. Hello. We've made contact. Who's there? Who's on the other side? Prisoners. Who are you? Prisoner two. Is that hole large enough for him to come through? I think so, sir. Give me your hand. And I can make it all right. Here. Hold on. That's fine. Your shoulders are through. Easy now. Thanks. Oh, what it means to hear another voice. Who are you, sir? I'm Captain Strong of the Solar Guard. Strong? You too, eh? I'm Larkin, Captain of the Sirius. So this is what happened to you, sir. We found the wreckage of your ship. Gates and his men wrecked it after we landed. They killed most of my crew, but Gates thought he could win me over to join his colony and imprisoned me here. I couldn't have stood another day alone in there. Captain Larkin, how often do the guards bring food? Once a day. How many of them? Just one man. But he's always armed with a blaster, and he makes me back away from him to the end of the cave. Why? Would you be willing to take a risk, sir? Along with us, I mean. Would I? Son to a man who's been buried alive for as long as I have, anything's worth a try. All right, Larkin. Show yourself. Yates, what are you... I have your dinner. I brought it personally. Well, what do I owe the... You know the rules, Larkin. Move back. Back into the light where I can see you. All right. That's it. Move well back. Now, Larkin, I'm sorry it's not your dinner I'm bringing you, but your death. Grab it! Let me go. This is impossible. Okay, I've got his artillery. Pin his arms and we've got it. Don't worry, he can't make a move. You cry out, Yates, and I'll blast you into space dust. Is that perfectly clear? You have me. Yes, alas, you do. Corbett, that was a mighty clever idea of yours for all of us to gather here in my cell. It certainly was. And to have the boss wander in instead of the mess sergeant was really a break for us. Corbett has all the luck. Oh, I don't know, Roger. This turns out pretty well for you, too. How do you figure, Junior? Why, Roger, you were so unhappy at the idea of leaving Arlene, remember? Sure, but I don't see what... Tom's right, Roger. Now she and her father will both be going back to Earth with us. And you can visit them both every day in jail. Miss the next action-packed adventure with Tom Corbett and the Space Cadet when Tom and Roger Manning escort the first interplanetary circus on a trip to Venus and find that deadly peril lurks beneath the big top tent of The Greatest Show in the Universe. Tune in, same time, same station, for the next thrilling interplanetary adventure with Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Brought to you by Kellogg's Pep, the build-up wheat cereal.
Tom Corbett, Space Cadet, starring Frankie Thomas, can also be seen on television and appears in the comic sections of many of America's leading newspapers. Look for it daily and in weekend editions. Featured in today's cast were Jan Merlin, Al Markham, Edward Bryce, Ian Martin, and Susan Douglas. Today's program was written by Gilbert Braun, directed by Drex Hines. Jackson Beck speaking. <laughs>